0: Injured in a car accident, we cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville.
1: Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: Oh yeah, so catchy. I mean, admit it. I don't listen to Top 40, but I can't believe the anthem was not a theme song. The sun has set. We are in Punta Beach. It is our home away from home. Mr. Chubby's Wings for the next couple of hours. Going to have a lot of fun. Tell you what, great crowd already on hand and... I bet you there's 100 people in here. I bet you 90 of them are women. No cap. Okay? There's a Christmas party going on. Something's happening. I'm not quite sure. But it is a... Maybe they're here to see me. Maybe they're here to see Graham Marsh. I don't know. But it is a female-dominated party so far here at Mr. Chubby's Wings. Ponte Vedra Beach. We're going to be here tonight till 8. The news gets even better The extended happy hour stays until 9 o'clock. That includes two-for-one pitchers, two-for-one drafts, certainly uh, of the domestic flavors and Miller Lite among those. $3 wells, $3 wines, great food, 40 television sets uh, surround this place. And, you know, why wouldn't you want to come here tonight to watch the Raiders and Rams? All right? That'll be kicking off in just a couple of hours. Is Baker Mayfield going to go tonight? For L.A., Vegas favored by 6.5 on the road. Once again, unfortunately, poor Al Michaels, he gets a million dollars for tonight's broadcast. And he gets to do it right there in his hometown of L.A. But you know he's going to be Grumpy Al. We want him to be Grumpy Al. Grumpy Al is entertaining for us all. And we'll see what ends up happening. But that will be a little bit later on tonight. In the meantime, we got a lot to do. We're going to be very busy here over the next couple of hours. Day two for Trevor Lawrence. And all right, before I get there, 40 television sets, we have a Cheers-like bar, okay? We have tabletops, we have booth. Uh, the, the, the Cheers-like bar uh, right now is just packed with ladies. But, you, you know, I, I, there's room for you. And there's a couple of tables right in front of us that are absolutely wide open at this particular time. So, again, we do invite you to come on by. We're going to be here tonight until 8 o'clock. Um, Trevor Lawrence didn't go today, all right? Second consecutive practice. he's got a left toe, hasn't um, been able to go out there and perform. If the game was today, could he have played? I don't know. The good news is the game is not today. The game is still three more days away. We'll see what happens for him tomorrow, as well as the travel day on Saturday before of course, uh, his toe, and well, it's not his toe. It's one of the two kickers, Toe We'll meet Leather for the 1 o'clock kick in a scenario where Jacksonville has struggled. We know they've lost their last eight at the House of Horrors. Overall, they've, if you go back and forth between uh, Jacksonville and Nashville, the Jaguars have lost five in a row to Tennessee. The Jaguars have lost nine out of ten uh, to Tennessee. But there's a football team right now there in nashville that's reeling this is a football team right now in nashville that is upset and this is a football team right now in nashville where they got to be looking over their shoulders they have lost in consecutive weeks to really good football teams two weeks ago cincinnati beat them 2016 then of course they were absolutely pounded 35 10 in philadelphia um you know derrick henry they took him out early in the game it just a it was a, a woodshed contest. <laughs> I do find it kind of interesting that when uh, Doug Peterson spoke uh, to us on Monday, uh, he said, yeah, they let one slip away, kind of like we did. Well, they lost 35-10. Jacksonville lost 40-14. to You let them slip away? Boy, I, I would hate to know what, Doug Peterson's opinion is on a blowout, okay? I mean, those two teams outscored the two opponents who will meet Sunday by a clip of 75-24. to But his definition was uh, let it slip away. Listen, okay, I mean, I guess there is some spin in sports. I always thought spin only happened in the world of politics. There's a great example of that being... Anything but the case. But don't kid yourself. This game is huge right now for Tennessee. And this is a very beaten up football team. I believe Jacksonville is ripe for the upset here. Try to figure out this team. I can't. It's my full time job. It's been my full time job for 30 years. I can't figure out this team. I have no idea what the expectations are for them Sunday. I will tell you this. Tennessee is destroyed right now. Just ravaged with injuries. So it is going to be very interesting. This is a terrible offense. Tennessee is 26th in scoring. They're 29 in yardage. All right, are 29th in yardage. They can't get it done in the air, regardless of how abysmal Jacksonville's pass rush has been and equally how bad their coverage has been as of late. This simply comes down to Once again, King Henry, can he run the football at Jacksonville? If he has the expected success, will the play-action offense of Ryan Tannehill and company be able to do something in the air? We'll see. This has the makings of a low-scoring football game, and certainly it has the makings of one where Jacksonville, as an underdog, could pull off the upset. A couple of things to consider as we get back to Trevor Lawrence. Where is he health-wise? And, you know, it's not fair to stereotype any injury, okay, because every injury is different. I don't care if it's the same body part. Um, there's, a, there's a difference as far as the significance of the injury, whether it's a sprain or what have you, uh, plus the individual who has the injury, their, their healing process, their pain tolerance, everything else that goes into it. I just don't think you can classify an injury. But I am a little perplexed here to look what's happened the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Travis Etienne's clear. He got the go. He's coming off a major injury with the Liz Frank. And... Doug Peterson said, yeah, he was queer, We just didn't want to put him back in there. And, of course, that was forgotten why Jacksonville, come from behind win, outstanding, got it done against Baltimore, and everyone was happy. You move forward a week later in a game, myself included, where you thought that Jacksonville could go in Detroit and win. And they were totally embarrassed, but you put back Trevor Lawrence in a game that was over. The game was over, okay, and you put him back in there, and now here we are Thursday night. The guy couldn't go Wednesday, and he couldn't go today. So these guys are always going to say, I can play. Trevor Lawrence is going to say, I can play. Travis Etienne is going to say, I can play. If you have a guy in your roster who says that I don't want to play or I can't play, he probably shouldn't be there to begin with. The adrenaline is running, your emotions are high, you want back. and get. You know that if you played high school football or, or high school or, or collegiate athletics. You know what it's like to be a competitor. You know what it's like to be in game. You need to make the right decisions. But I just, maybe I'm overthinking it. If so, tell me. Okay? Hit me on the text line, 641-1010, brought to you by uh, Lifetime Enclosures. But I, I just, I, I don't understand that call um the reasoning going behind that okay the way it was described to us sunday after the game and again on monday is he's fine he's trending up well if there's one thing that trevor lawrence needs right now after a three for 12 performance on third down against a historically speaking one of the worst third down defense in the history of the nfl not this year but in the history of the NFL, over 50% allowed Detroit before last week's game. Jacksonville stunk up the joint, including a 3-for-12 effort on third down. This guy, Trevor Lawrence, needs reps. Uh, and he's taking mental reps. Great. He's studying the playbook. Fantastic. He needs to be practicing, and he's not. So I, I just, I'm really trying to understand the thinking there between these two major injuries and you know what I don't understand coaching I'm sure Doug Peterson's probably like well I don't understand sports radio okay I don't understand these guys who never played the game at the level make all these comments and this and that so that's fair and and and, you know I I can hear it both ways I I just please explain to me Jaguar listeners how you did it with ETN or didn't do it with ETN but you did it with Lawrence. And anyway, just my uh, quick opinion on that. We're going to hear from Uchi uh, Wanari, the former Jaguar. He's coming up here on the other side. He is always incredibly uh, outspoken, and it's always a lot of fun whenever we get an opportunity. He, he's the one guy, I'll give him credit, he said Urban Meyer is going to be a disaster. all right. And I just kind of looked at him like I, you know, I knew better. Again, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I I thought that Urban Meyer would work out. But, you know, how do you explain what's going on now uh, with this football team, you know, especially after what Tennessee has done uh, within the division? There seems to be an incredible amount of accountability, which is noble for the staff and the players. It's almost too much, and that includes Mike Caldwell today, who, you know, his comments about the talent is here. He's happy with the players who are here. We're going to get into that a little bit later on in the program. It's almost like he put it on himself that he's got to do a better job coaching. I admire that. I do. Now, I'd fire him. I'd fire him regardless. I I think he's done a really bad job as a defensive coordinator, but at least he's not trying to make excuses, which I, I think, you know, that's the one thing that Jaguar fans just absolutely positively cannot handle all right so we got a lot to do tonight it's gonna be a lot of fun jj back in the studio Uh, i was gonna ask you jj if we were on youtube why don't you put yourself on youtube tonight have some fun i mean maybe you can get a little bit of traction there and and uh you could tell me if anything good is is happening um along those
3: lines what do you think yeah just a video of me sitting here i'm down for that
2: yeah i mean absolutely (laughs) i mean yeah you know the chorus is always about more from JJ, more from JJ, really JJ. Oh yeah, love that. I, mean, I just read it. I just read you. I just read you about you on the bedroom, or excuse me, on the uh, bathroom wall <laughs> here at 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 Mr. Chubby's. So, uh, Graham Marsh is here, the engineer. That may be one of the reasons why there are so many ladies. I've never seen so many ladies in Mr. Chubby's wings here in Ponte Vita. It's
4: unbelievable, and that would be the only possible drawback to putting JJ on YouTube is. You run the risk of the ladies heading to 10 Tennisville Studios because they see J.J. on
3: the live stream.
2: Right. Now, of course, all these ladies are old enough to be your mother. <laughs> it's fine and with JJ's me. Mother. <laughs> I, I didn't, J.J.'s mother. J.J.'s mother as well. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: all
2: right. So uh, we've got plenty to do. I do want to uh, remind you uh, about Shmunez Vision because they do bring us our opening comments each and every night. And it's a family organization. They're out here at the beach. They're just fantastic. I mean, they really are. This is a perfect example. We're in Mister Chubby's wings, where the lights are kind of dim, all right. And my contacts, the way that with my normal checkups, are are fantastic. I can I can see everything in front of me. I know there's a lot of people out there. Whether it's the strain of your eyes late at night, you're reading. Maybe it's just your phone. Okay, the eyes start to go on you, and you don't place your contacts routinely, or you. Your glasses aren't what they once were, or the readers work, but, you know, you lose the readers. You can't find them. It's always, let's be honest, kind of a pain. You could be a candidate for a lot of different scenarios over at Shmunez Vision. right? right, Dr. Catherine Schmunez, fellowship trained in cornea, cataract surgery, all refractive surgery. Combined, that's more than 30 years' worth of experience if you bring in Dr. Neil Schmunez when it comes to laser eye surgery. Unfortunately, I'm not a candidate for laser eye surgery. Boy, I wish I was because you imagine the rest of our days never having to deal with any of that and just having perfect vision. Set up an appointment today, 299-2906, 299-2906, or check them out on Vision. Com. It's great to have you with us. My name is Rick Ballew. We are at Mr. Chubby's Wings. Ponte Vedra Beach here tonight till 8, extended happy hour until 9. Former Jaguar Uche Wanare, he's on deck, and he goes into the night.
1: now. No. Another interview on the Farrah & Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah & Farrah. I love my good. Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Light. I hear you, Jim. You left us too soon. The age of 27, Jim Morrison. Happy birthday. He said see ya to USA. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm going, to, I'm going to Paris. And um, we never heard from him. Again, uh, Graham Marsh is barring a bunch of shirts. You can tell it's a Christmas type feel here at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Pontevedra. He's got shirts, he's got Nerf footballs. Uh, what a setting! Great evening. We love being here again. Two for one drafts, two for one pitchers. That includes Middle life, $3 wells, $3 wines. We're on the air till 8, extended happy hour until 9 o'clock. Let's bring in our buddy Uche Winari, of course, spent seven years in the NFL, former Jaguar and always very opinionated with what he has to say in general, and that includes the Jacksonville Jaguars. He joins Rick Ballew. Uche, always a pleasure, sir. How are you?
0: Rick, what's going on, man? How you
2: doing? I'm doing all right. I I, I am. uh, You know, I I, I think I described it as, I think sports fans are sponges. I kind of described last week as almost like a balloon, where I think the helium left, the air left, the balloon after that uh, performance in Detroit. You know, I mean, they played hard. They're an improved team. We know all about their fourth quarter mishaps and all the one score games that they lost. But what did you make out of their performance Sunday in Detroit?
0: Uh, you know, honestly, you know, watching the game, just kind of taking it in, it just felt like one of those games where you had a game plan. <clears throat> But it didn't really, it wasn't compatible with the team you were playing against. It wasn't something that, you know, really cracked the egg. And I think you could see it throughout the game. On offense, we could move the ball, but we couldn't really, couldn't really take advantage of any, any, any red zone, you know, getting into the red zone area. We couldn't take advantage of that. Uh, on defense, we just couldn't stop them now. I mean, Detroit does have a, uh, you know, high-powered, high high-scoring high offense, but uh, you know, I, I would have expected that, that one or at least one drive throughout the course of the game, our defense would have been able to make a stop, get off the field. number of things kept that from happening. Uh, but you know, it was very deflating. I won't lie, it was a deflating loss. Uh, it doesn't necessarily, uh, dampen my, you know, perspective on the future of the team, but, uh, you know, when you get the win, the kind of win, the kind of quality win you got against Baltimore the week before and the way that it all played out, you kind of feel like that is a uh, kind of a launch pad for just a new energy for the team that yeah. kind of carries through the last quarter of the season. And it just did not, uh, just did not come into fruition uh, with the Detroit game. I mean, I kind of felt like that Detroit game was going to be a tricky game just because Detroit has been averaging, you know, a ton. They have, I think they have one of the highest average points per game in the NFL, uh, so it meant that we were going to have to score more than 21, 24 points to, to you know, keep pace, uh, but, you know, it just, just did not work out.
2: No, it did not, and it was such a great win against Baltimore because it went back and forth, and, and Jacksonville pulls it off, and, you know, Doug Peterson, very emotional after the win gives the team Monday off, rewards the players with a day off and then let's come back to work on Wednesday and and put in the work and try to win a road game. But as a 7-year veteran, what do you make of that? When the your coach rewards you, but then your team a week later puts out the stinker they did in Detroit.
0: Uh I mean, it's not something that I would look at in a from a punitive standpoint. I mean, you did the right thing, giving them a victory Monday. That was a hard-earned win. It was a uh, it was a franchise win. It was really probably the most high-profile franchise win uh, that we've had since 2017 uh, for the Jaguars. Uh, you know, something that actually gave the community, gave the franchise uh, the ability to look forward some and say, "Hey, this is what we can. This is something that we can build on as a franchise. This is something that can give our city." Some, uh, some positive reinforcement, uh, you know, in regards to the franchise moving forward. So, you know, yes, it was well-earned by the players to get a victory Monday. And, you know, a Monday is really just the day of review. That's where you come in, you get a light workout in, you review the film. Uh, you might spend 30 minutes taking a look ahead on film to the next team, 30, 45 mm-hmm. minutes after you get done re- reviewing to look at who we're playing next. But the game plan doesn't actually get introduced until Wednesday. So it's of no consequence to give them, you know, a victory Monday. I don't think that that uh, really plays into, uh, you know, why, you know, they lost the way they did to Detroit. I think, again, it really boils down to, you know, you go into a week and you set up a game plan and you expect, okay, this is how we're going to attack this team. This is how we're going to try and gain an advantage. And you know the team that you're going against is doing the exact same thing. So maybe they changed up some things that they had shown throughout the season uh to give a different look. And, and it, you know that's why this game is so such a game of adjustments at that halftime mark. Now I think you know maybe maybe the half at the halftime mark you're thinking about uh, you know making some adjustments. But did you know you were going to get blown out? It was what 13 to 14 at halftime. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. know you don't I'll really think back, you think yeah. you're. You, you think that you're kind of in in a sweet spot and then things just kind of went left. So, you know, that's that's how I view it.
2: All right. So, uh, Uche Onari our guest, uh former Jaguar joining Rick Palu, we're live tonight from Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponavidra Beach. Um do you just throw that away? I mean, what can you say to this team? Did, what do you expect? Do you expect them to come out alive and ready to go? I mean, I think it's unfair to say that you know, the season is over. I mean there's a lot of pride there, but how do you separate this loss when you look at where this team is going? They've lost eight straight at Tennessee. That's a nasty place to play football.
0: Yeah. Matter of fact, I think I was on the last team that won in uh in, you were. in Tennessee. Right. That's um,
2: his first year. Right.
0: Yeah. So uh definitely yeah, it's that's that's definitely hostile territory. I think that you know it's easier to, to, to turn the page on a game like Detroit. It's frustrating, um, I'm sure, because you feel like things were rolling the right way, and then you get derailed completely uh, in you know in the game that it felt like you should have had a chance to win going into it. Um, but I, I do believe that it becomes it, it's more about focusing on preparation for this week. You, you look at the film. You diagnose, you know, what really went wrong, and you you kind of move past it. I mean, there's nothing you can do. You got you got blown out. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you can still you I can go to sleep easier after a blowout than I can after a one point or a three point loss, because um, you can disregard that as just the avalanche that kind of just fell on top of you, uh, and there you know it's just something that you, you didn't have me weren't able to really get a grasp on through the course of the game. So. I think that, you know, it does kind of merit that they'll have a, a more focused week of practice, I would think, or, or I'm not, not to say that they weren't focused, but the, there will be some, I'm sure there will be some emphasis on certain things just to kind of clean up, uh, on technique, clean up on details of the game plan and, uh, just kind of remind guys that, you know, it, this is part of the process. You know, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to lose every game by a close margin and you're not going to lose it and you can get blown out. That can happen. Yeah. It happens to the best of teams. It doesn't matter. So, you know, we've, we've moved past it, and now let's get ready for this week. Uh, and remember, you know, what it's like to to fall off a cliff like that in the middle of a game and make sure that you're doing everything you can as a player to be prepared to go out and perform on Sunday because we still all get evaluated each and every day here.
1: Uh,
2: you know, I, I remember speaking with you a year ago, and you were one of the few who knew that Urban Meyer was going to be a disaster i i was on the other side i bought in i think most of the media here in town they won't admit it now but i think they they bought in and yeah. you know you you were spot on all right so let's let's give us your analysis now 12 games in four and eight they're better than the record but is this gone the way you thought it would go <laughs> are, are are you a little down or are you still on the uh, the come here what, what's your review through 12 games
0: uh, you know through 12 games honestly, I feel like uh, I feel like this is a team that's about where I thought it'd be. Uh, I, I predicted on my uh, on my show on YouTube that they would be a six win team. best case scenario would be six to seven wins. And you know you'd see that step in growth of that now uh, Doug Peterson and his staff would be able to look at the nucleus of the team that they have and they would be able to identify exactly where they need to improve and those would be the targets that they would be going after in the draft in a free agency that would now take them to that next step of being a competitor. And I think that it is a team that is much better than the record suggests. I think that uh, you saw the growing pains early in the season, you know, after they get the win against Indianapolis, you know, you begin to see kind of, you know, there's still, it it was a great win, divisional opponent, but then you start to see, you know, that there is still some things that, you know, they're trying to find out about the team. There's a team. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered even after a win. Uh, moving forward, because when you win, you don't pay so much attention to some de- some of the deficiencies you have as a team. Uh, but when you lose, it allows you have to self reflect a lot. So you have to continue to to you know be uh, very uh, vigilant about evaluating what you have as a team. You move forward each and, each week through the season. You see the Jags get a little bit better here, maybe take a step back in one spot, but they get a little bit better here, a little bit better there. And I think that we saw the team as a whole begin to take steps going into that Baltimore game. I think that was really a turning point for the season. Now, again, anticlimactic that they lose to the, to the Lions the way they did. But I think at this point, I think Doug in, would at least understand where his nucleus is, where the core players of the team are, the core contributors. And then from there, you can look to improve in areas of the, of, of the team that are going to need attention, in my opinion. The defense is going to need a lot of attention. I think the offensive line will still need more attention. My opinion, the left tackle spot is not uh, sealed up the way that you want it to be sealed up. And, you know, for Cam Robinson, I think he specifically uh, is somebody, something that they're going to have to address. Uh, I, don't, I haven't personally liked his performance all year, but, uh, you know, he's getting paid $18 million. So that's going to be something that they're going to need to look at if I were them uh, with – with the offense they have moving forward. Obviously, a wide receiver position is going to be something that they're going to have to address. But you've seen the big step in your quarterback. and You've seen him take that, you know, kind of hit that that spot of maturity where you can start to, you know, understand how to build around him even more so to to bring out more of, you know, his his talent. He's shown that he can be that generational talent uh, that we expected him to be. Uh, So it's going to, you know, it's going to be something that, not going to be easy, but they're going to have to continue to to fine tune what they have right now.
2: Yeah, I'm with you when it comes to Cam. I I said it all a year ago. I wouldn't have re-signed him, and he's got a cap hit next year of twenty two million two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What would you do with Juan at right tackle? Uh,
0: you know, honestly, right tackle spot. You know, it's you can you can always say that there's that there's there may be a better option out there, but I think that. If you can find consistency in any part of your offensive line, you want to you want to stick with that because there has to be a there has to be a level of chemistry across all, all five positions. And you know, when I look at the left side of the line, I don't necessarily see as much as I do as I see on the right. Okay. Uh, so I would personally let that you know see if that grows. You know, maybe bring in a veteran to see if there can be a chance for competition at the right tackle spot. Uh, but you know, for me. The panic button, to me, should be being hit on the left tackle spot. Because that is a spot that that is a liability
2: to me right now, to the offensive line. But that's a marriage that, you know, financially speaking, you just can't erase it right now. You you know what I mean? I mean, the divorce can't happen for at least another year, probably two. I I have to look at the future dead cap money, but that's a marriage right now that's going to have to last. Unless you can just eat that and move on from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, and with the Jags, I'm not sure what the what their cap situation is.
2: But no, it's not good. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> so, nope. so we ran out of all the money we had. That's <laughs> all that money we spent.
0: Right, hey, uh, so, I t- mean,
2: t- Trent Punky's like an ex-wife, man. He, I mean, if, if you leave this in there, he's going to spend it. If you leave that in there, he's going to spend it. He's got to eat all that money, okay? And he's done it, and he's... I think he's made some bad moves. But, uh, hey, Uche, it's a pleasure. Tell us about uh, your YouTube channel and, and how people here in Duval can uh, can catch up with you.
0: Uh, yeah, you can find me on my channel, just my name, Uche Winery. I also go uh, by the moniker, the observant lineman. Uh, you can find uh, me going live Mondays and Wednesdays with Justin Blaylock. He's a former offensive lineman from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we're on live uh, with numerous kinds of uh, special guests and co-hosts that we bring on, and we talk sports, we talk football, we talk, you know, we talk pretty comprehensively
2: about everything going on in the NFL and in the sports world. Love it. Uche, always a pleasure, sir. I know we'll do it again real soon. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. There he goes. Uche Wanare, seven years in the NFL, former guard here in Jacksonville. Boy, Um yeah, it's a little ignition for me because I, I have totally not supported the signing of Cam Robinson. I, I thought it was a bad move. And if you want to pro, fo- pro football focus me, go ahead. If you want to all 22 me on tape, go ahead. If you want to tell me he's having a better year this year than he did a year ago, go ahead. But my point of view is this. You have your franchise quarterback, okay? You surround him with the best possible people, and they did not. They settled. They overpaid for arguably the second most important position on the football field behind only a quarterback. Again, you can argue a cover corner, and you can average a pass rush end. I'll hear from you on that, okay? Two, three, four can be argued. They missed here. I want a dominant left tackle. You know, and, and uh, pro football focus had him, what, at 45 and then 28 and, and, and pass, whatever it is. It's not good enough. Why can't Jacksonville ever go out and get a guy who's top 10 in something? Top 5, oh, well, he's 28. Well, that's great. There's 32 tackles. 32 left, oh, he's 45. Okay, great, well, there's 64. And you're paying him that amount of money? And he's sensitive. He responds to Leon Searcy. He responds, oh, was not my guy? You know, the RPO. That whole RPO that took away a touchdown. Okay? I've never played offensive line in my life. I know that if the linebacker that you're going to, to run block, if he's not leaving the end zone, it's a pass. Okay? I mean, anyone can figure that out. If the linebacker is not on his toes... And running into the hole to stop a run, it's a pass. But he got hit with him. He wanted to defend. Cam Robinson. It's a bad signing. Uh, it is. And uh, They should have gotten Teron Armstead, who's in Miami, or they should have drafted Icky. They they should have no. But you know, let's get an edge guy. Let's get another off the ball linebacker. Let's do this. Let's do that. I'm glad there are others out there who, who do see this. It's another. It's a it's a major mistake made by the Jaguars. Let me look at his money before the break. Oh my gosh. Graham, order me a, order me a couple of uh um Tullamore dues, will you please? A couple of Irish, I mean I need some Irish whiskey well, before I read these. While well, you hit up
4: SpotRack and, and look at what Cam Robinson's gonna get paid.
2: Uh Cam Robinson, God bless him. He got thirty three million guaranteed. Uh let's see here. He gets uh seventeen seven this year. Well all right, here we go. Excuse me. Cam Robinson. Next, uh, well, this is dead money and cap savings. That, that's, all right, here we go. I'm sorry. I, I have it here for you. Uh, next year, $22,250,000. If you were to cut them, the organization would take a dead cap hit, dead money cap hit of $26 million. Okay, <laughs> $26 million. So he's your left tackle next year, without question. Yeah, and that's what I tried to explain to uh, to to Uche. Now, in twenty twenty four, this is comforting. Okay, in twenty twenty four, well, this part isn't. He's got a cap figure of twenty two million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. But if you cut him before June first during the twenty twenty four season, you only have to pay five million dollars. And dead money. So, Cam Robinson, in my opinion, has five games left this year. He has a full slate of ball games next year. I think they will move on from him. Hopefully, there's a different general manager here by then. Uh, I hope that, you know, Doug Peterson is still here. I hope that, that things are, are certainly turning around. But hopefully, sooner or later, the organization will wake up and say there's been way, way, way too many mistakes. And you got to make some changes. I don't think the change will happen this year. I, I think they would. Get, I, I think Trent Bulky's guaranteed to return in 2020. I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. I was wrong on Urban Meyer. Okay, I may, I may be dead wrong, but I, I just don't see it happening. I, I think he's locked in for 23. All right, let's grab some of your feedback on him. What do you think? 6-4-1-10-10, Best way to get us that is on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. JJ, you're back on YouTube there. What's happening? Getting any we any play? YouTube. What's going on?
3: We um, yeah. I don't know if it's technical difficulties on my end or, or I don't even know what's going on, but we were getting the little circle of death in the middle every once oh. in a while. So bear with us if you're on YouTube. Uh, it seems okay. to be working at the moment.
2: We'll, we'll get back to that, though, and we'll check it. Hey, we invite you to come on by Mr. Chubby's Wings and Pontevedra, two for one drafts, two for one pitchers. That obviously does include Miller Lite. I should say that are domestic two for ones, uh, whether it's a draft or a pitcher. But that does include Miller Lite and uh, $3 Wells, $3 Wines with you tonight until 8 o'clock, the extended happy hour until 9.
1: Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yes, love me twice.
2: Robbie Krieger actually wrote this song, right? We had Robbie on earlier this year when uh, he came in with his band, his son playing the role of Jim Morrison. Happy birthday, Jim. Much like Harry Chapman from a night ago, you two left us way too soon. Mr. Chubby's place is rocking. Christmas decorations. You a Christmas guy? Uh, I'm trying to become more of a Christmas guy. You're I, such a young age, man. I, I thought that you would still have that in you.
4: So, one, like, one problem I think I had for a long time was I thought that people started doing the Christmas stuff too early. And I was trying to make such a point that I would do it too late. And then I felt like I didn't get to really enjoy enough Christmas. So, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really, once Thanksgiving's over, I really tap into Christmas now.
2: Bro, the day after Halloween, my girlfriend had the Christmas stuff going on.
4: That's a little, that, that's a lot. Yeah. I think you got to let Thanksgiving ride out. It
2: looked tiring. I sat back and watched it. It, <laughs> was, it was really. It, it was. Uh, it seemed like it was a lot of hard work. But that's what she does uh, every year. She, we don't do the outside of our house really because that's a pain. Any way I can avoid any type of labor, any type of work, I'm going to do it. Absolutely. So she's 100%. like, she's like, "Do you want to put out?" I'm like, "Not really. No." I <laughs> mean, I'm going to have to do something. Yeah, no, that means I, don't. I have to work. So yeah, you no, know. Know, no. I mean, can't we buy that one that that has like the. You know, it's like a projector that has like, you, you know, that type of. That's, yes, yes. I Those guess you all could, this, Yeah. You pretty
4: much just turn that on and it's all done for you.
2: I think you can pay to have Christmas lights put up. There's like businesses in town that will come by and put the lights up for you, then come back later and take them down.
4: I don't want to pay for it either, though. Yeah. I don't really want to do the work or pay for it. But I'm in an apartment, so the outside of my house is non-existent so
2: so you're the age now where you should be enjoying because christmas. christmas becomes a hassle in you know you got to find a babysitter when you got the kids you right. got to coordinate with your wife and go out and and you know look for stuff i imagine it's a lot easier now because you can do order a lot of stuff online uh, unlike the old days but you just
4: got to make sure you order online in time yeah. Like, you're, like, right now, December 8th, you're starting to get, you're, you're up against it if you're ordering online at this point. Really? Even with it, the Amazon and those big heavies, they won't get it to you? You're probably going to be okay, but you're, you're starting to risk it. I've, like, about a week from today, I would say, you're, you're, you're going to be too late, probably.
2: Uh, the 1898 says, blue, they have a promising future with our offensive line. You have got a personal issue with Cam Robinson. Um thank you for your opinion. You could not be more wrong. Honestly, it's never personal for me. It it never has been personal for me. Actually, that's probably wrong. There's probably been a few over the years. I don't know if it ever has here in Jacksonville though. I don't know if it ever has with the Jaguar. Personal? No. Cam Robinson has never said no to me when I've asked to, to interview him. Um, it's it's not personal. It, it's not even close to being personal. Uh, Trent Bulky's not personal. Uh, Mike Caldwell's not prince. Uh, is not personal. I, I think they're. I think they're bad moves. I, I want. I want this city to smile. I want this team to win, and. In the case of these moves, Caldwell not so much, but certainly with Cam Robinson and certainly with Trent Bulkey, I spent the entire year saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Well, that's not personal when you're saying, don't re-sign Cam Robinson. He's not worth the money. And then you do it, and he allows that sack loss. That's not personal. That's job performance. That doesn't equal the money. So, you know, again, I I appreciate any opinion that you as a listener gives me. But I do want you to understand that. For me, it's not personal. Okay? For me, as I have always stated, I do this show out of what I think Jaguar fans want to hear. And I want the Jaguar fans to be happy. I want the Jaguar fans to celebrate victories. It's not personal. It's about getting better. I would have drafted Aquanu. Hell, I would have drafted Evan Neal. And I know that, you know, Evan Neal's, like, first eight games were awful. I mean, just horrendous. He's gotten better. I went back and read about it last week. He's gotten better in, like, the three or four games. But his first eight games were, let me give you an example, kind of like Tyson Campbell's first eight games. For Jacksonville last year. Remember the light went on for Campbell? Oh, I right. mean, I, I mean, how many people... Uh, it how was many, a switch flip. How many people do you know that through eight games last year said Tyson Campbell's a bust? At least He's one, win. I work. was one of them. Right. Absolutely. And then give the kid credit. 100%. All right. And first eight games last year, I was all over Tyson Campbell. Not personal. It's never personal. It's not. It's It's trying to make things better for this football team. And it's a high-pressure job, okay? Criticism comes with the enormous amount of money that you are making. Look at what's going on right now in Nashville. Can you imagine Amy Adams uh, uh, Strunk coming out and saying that we have higher aspirations after they fired John Robinson? Higher aspirations. Can you imagine being a fan of the Tennessee Titans? And I, I, and I know that that angers a lot of listeners. But, you know, she grabbed the gavel, and she pounded the table, and she said, we are going to win. They've had seven consecutive winning seasons. You realize that in 2014 and 2015, during the tenure before John Robinson was hired in two thousand and sixteen. John they were five and twenty-seven as a franchise. Trent Bogey's seven and twenty-two. They were five and twenty-seven. From the moment they brought on John Robinson, they won over sixty percent of their games. They went sixty-six and forty-three, and he still got fired okay that's an organization that is saying to their fans don't even read don't even talk to me about three straight divisional titles don't even talk to me about nine out of ten against Jacksonville don't even talk to me about five in a row against Jacksonville don't even talk to me about if they win Sunday they're all of a sudden four and zero in the AFC South that doesn't matter they're always looking for ways to get better and I wish Jacksonville had that same approach. I wish Jacksonville's thought was we are going to do whatever it takes to get better. That's not the case, man. I, you know what? I'm going to come back and, and I got something to start the second hour with that I put on Twitter a little bit earlier today. You know, the best free agents in two years that Trent Baalke has brought aboard. Who are they? Seriously. Kirk? Sure. Sheriff? Sure. Jamal Agnew? Sure. Who else? Tell me. Who else has really gotten the job done as a free agent uh, on offense or defense? I mean, tell me. I'm, I'm all ears here. Who else? This is the second highest paid defense in the NFL. This is the third highest wide receiving core in the NFL. A year ago was the most expensive offensive line in the NFL. Tell me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jackass here. I just. I want answers. Tell me. Look at all the money. Next year, you're, you're handicapped next year. You can't make moves because of the moves that have been made. In 21 and 22. So tell me, who are the great free agents that he assigned. signed? We'll do that now in number two. My name is Rick Ballew. This is your Home of the Jazz.
1: Let's go into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: Mr. Chubby's wings, always a pleasure. We got a big one tonight. Have we heard JJ yet officially on Baker? Baker Mayfield is
3: Yeah, so he's taken all of the warm-ups. So oh. it looks like he will be starting tonight. Baker
2: Mayfield tonight in LA, the bright lights. He's going to run himself out. He's he's going to He's going to, you know, He's got a media future. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If he wants to get into the world of broadcasting, he's pretty good. He was, you know, when he was something, he, he did those commercials in Cleveland. Um, but you really kind of get the feeling that it's this, and then maybe one more opportunity after, and then that's, that's probably the end of the road for him. I, I wonder if he's too, you know, if there's too much there, kind of like a Cam Newton where there's too much there that, Putting him on your roster as a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback, I wonder if he's too big for something like that.
3: I don't know. He was a pretty good teammate uh, apparently in Carolina, and he wasn't yeah, you're really right. the starter. I, I think yeah, you're right. this yeah. is the time of your life as a quarterback when you decide, am I going to totally quit and go into the media or coaching or just quit in general, or do I just be content with being a backup the rest of my career? No. A lot of guys it's- aren't built for
2: that no 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 you got to have a you got to have the per, doug Peterson's the best example of that we'll get some of the quarterbacks doug Peterson backed up uh including lord Favre, donovan McNabb. Uh, i'm sure there's another one in there and i'm forgetting he he he's you know and, and you have to be ready to go and you also have to be a uh, a really good teammate uh last two years give me the um give me your opinion on the top three free
3: agents that Trent Bulky is on? Oh my god, three. I have Kirk. Um, I'm not good enough at watching the offensive line to know if Sheriff's been good or bad. So I'll just say Sheriff. And I love Agnew. I mean, that guy's super underrated. Obviously been struggling with injuries a lot this season and the end of last season, but man, he was a huge spark on offense and I didn't expect that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like those three. Um
3: Kirk you know, overpaid, ab- but I mean you sort of had to do that I guess to get him to come. A-
2: absolutely he's overpaid. Okay, all of those three defensive players from a year ago overpaid. I think it's been a better year for Jenkins this year than last year. Um they've got nothing out of Shaq Griffin and they've gotten I mean Roy Robertson Harris is uh he was on a milk carton a year ago. It, he's been very pedestrian this year. Marvin Jones did a nice job. I th- I thought he was a Marvin Jones Jr. I thought he was a, a a good receiver to to have here when Trevor Lawrence was a rookie. I, I'm going to uh, acknowledge that. You know, this year obviously he, he's not uh, he's not getting the ball. He had the great touchdown uh, as we know a couple weeks ago against Baltimore, but it was a two year deal and he'll be gone. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, this year's class, I guess you can say it's a little bit too early. Who's the best player this year? Sheriff, all right. You know, Kirk, I'll give you that. Aluakon. Aluakon's had a nice, you know. I would Aluacon say, Alu- say Aluakon's probably the best. Aluakon's had, had a, he's a tackling machine. He is. Not a good coverage linebacker, but he's a tackling machine. Um,
4: he's not really a game changer either.
2: How much different would it be if Miles Jack was still there? You had him on a contract. Yeah. How much different would it be if you brought back Damian, uh, Damian Wilson? I actually thought that that was a, a good signing a year ago by Trent Baalke. I, I do want to give him that. I thought that Arden Key this year was a really good signing for $4 million. But it's kind of been spotty, right? There's been games where Arden Key has disappeared. Uh, Darius Williams, to me, should be a slot guy. And he's... Has not been working there. He's been on the outside. I understand there's an injury uh, to Shaq Griffin. Uh, Fully Faduk- Kassai by many, is considered one of the biggest free agent busts this year in the NFL. So, And I'm sure there's a few more that I don't have a list in front of me. I'm just ringing this off here at the top of my head. It, it, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been promising for Jacksonville. And, you know, where I'm at with this is as follows. Jacksonville's not going to have the money next year to really go after high-profile guys. Let's look at high-profile guys. Outside of Brandon Sheriff, out of the list that I just gave you, who's whole, who was high-profile? Christian Kirk? No. Zay Jones, no. Marvin Jones Jr., no. Evan Ingram, no. Roy Robertson Harris? Foley Fado Kassi? Khan led the league in tackles. I mean, honestly, how many Jaguar players learned about that, or Jaguar fans, when they signed him? There has been that school of thought that people don't want to come here and play. Okay? I've always argued that thought. By saying this, you have no state income tax. There's not a lot of pressure to play here. I mean, obviously, you don't have a tough media. You have an organization that is absolutely, completely accepted losing. And on top of that, you're going to overpay. You're going to get overpaid to come here. Jacksonville has had to overpay. To come here, you know know what the great question is? You look at the dollars and the years. Ask yourself this question. If the team next to Jacksonville offered that same player, dollars in years, would they have come here? Jacksonville has to go out and get better football players. Okay? Look at it. Look at the rankings. Look at profile. Uh, Again, use all the analysis that you can get and and rank them. They're not going to have any Pro Bowl players. Maybe Logan Cook. They're not going to have any Pro Bowlers. Okay? All the draft picks, all the free agency, the inability to re-sign your own players. Does Jacksonville have a top 20 player? At any position group outside of quarterback right now in the NFL? I'm going to put Travis Etienne in there. I'm going to. I'm going to put him in there as a top 20 back. Um, Is Christian Kirk a top 20 wide receiver? He wasn't when he got here. Not even close. Is anyone on that offensive line? Again, it's hard, particularly, you know, guards. Is Brandon Sheriff, is he a top 20 guard in the NFL? Okay. How about on the defensive side? Josh Allen, the top twenty edge guy. Okay. Devon Hamilton's had a nice year, right? Well, sure. Okay. Anyone on that defensive line? Are they top twenty? Any one of these linebackers is a low account a top twenty inside linebacker? Sure. Uh, sure. I'll I'll listen to that argument. Absolutely. Uh, Tyson Campbell, I think, is their best defensive player. Where is he? If you were ranking the top corners in the NFL, where is he? I remember growing up and, you know, there would, there would be hockey teams or there would be NBA teams or, and, and there would be teams that would struggle. You know, I remember when the Knicks were awful. Well, they had Bernard King. They had one of the best scorers in the league. And, you know, I remember when the Spurs were terrible. Well, they had the Iceman, George Gervin. I mean, even bad teams had really good players. This franchise, during some down years, still had some good players. Okay, Maurice Jones-Rue was a really good player. Gerald Smith was a really good player. Rasheen Mathis was a really good player. All right, Where are the good players? Who gets the blame? Who do we blame? Where are the good players? I, I, I'm looking at my text line. The, my, the text line blows up over everything that I ask. I'm asking you for good players, and I have crickets right now in the text line. You can't give me a good player. You've got an average player at best with a below-average front office. Tell me. 641-1010. Text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Help! I need
4: somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need
1: someone. Help. Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
2: Jacksonville in Nashville. An opportunity to... Get back on the winning track. Going to be a tough scenario, even though Tennessee is just destroyed. Let me give you this. Today's injury report for Tennessee. Once again, one, two, three, four, five, six starters unable to give it a go this afternoon. Okay, that includes their rookie, Traylon Burks at wide receiver. CJ Board, who's technically the third wide receiver. I right? Robert Woods is their their number two guy. Um let's see, Nate Davis uh with the knee continues to be limited. Certainly um it appears that he is on the come, which is good news there. Uh you look at the defense, okay, you're talking about Christian Fulton, the corner. He has got a growing he did not practice. Uh, Trey Avery with a concussion. He has been out the last couple of days. It is a concussion, by the way, if I didn't mention it, with Traylon Burks. Uh, Danico Autry with the knee hasn't been able to give it a go. And uh, David Long, all right, a linebacker with a hamstring, hasn't been able to give it a go. Limited today, Nate Davis, Hassan Haskins, Jeffrey Simmons, Ryan Tannehill, and Tier Tart. All limited today. Actually, full today was Ryan Tannehill, and full today was Ben Jones. So, I mean, that is a massively beaten-up football team. Where where you look at Jacksonville, you know, Chad Moom, it it looks like Devin Lloyd's going to get another opportunity. Maybe it's the best thing for him. Okay? He was basically benched a week ago, and he – You know, very limited uh, this past week. Now, all of a sudden, you look at Chad Muma, uh, who was in. He played well. Had a sack and a half, had 11 tackles, but he's got an ankle. He hasn't worked on Wednesday and Thursday. So, Chad Muma, um, it's going to be intriguing now to to see what ends up happening uh, with him. And, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, as well, hasn't practiced the last couple of days. So, that is going to be... Uh, a concern no question about it um we'll see but uh, you know my understanding is that he is going to be able to practice outside of that man it's it's Zay jones and it's andre cisco a couple of guys who have been limited shoulder and chest respectively all right um let's see here uh you know i want to play the role of nancy uh, of of nancy grace i've always kind of secretly wanted to you know i wanted to hold the gavel I, i wanted to be the uh uh, the judge, the jury, and let's face it, the executioner. You know, and I want to have final say on all of this, but unfortunately, I'm not getting enough material here. I'm, I'm not getting enough where people are giving me players who are in uh, the top 20, and that is discouraging to me. The zero two thirty five says. I know it's only fantasy football, but Kirk's 10th overall in standard leagues, which is literally just yards and TDs. He hasn't flashed, but he's got to be top 20 at his position based on production. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to. I, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah, Christian but Kirk as a top 20 wa- wide receiver. Like, when you
3: watch Sunday, you know, football on Sundays, you would never be like, that's a top 20 receiver in the NFL. That's asinine.
2: Did you hear who I am?
3: I'm just saying, like you. I'm Nancy Grace. I have final say on fantasy stats. But like, come on, we all watch the game. Hey, listen,
2: I'm looking for a pebble. I'm (laughs) looking for something positive here,
3: and 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 Christian
2: Kirk has provided that. That is from the zero two three five. Who who's a top twenty player at their position? Not named Logan Cook, Travis Etienne, or Trevor Lawrence. Maybe Brandon Sheriff.
3: You got one? No, no, absolutely yep. not. That's it.
2: Maybe Tyson. Maybe Tyson Campbell. Yes. Okay. We're not asking for top five. We're not asking for top ten. I'm asking for top twenty. I mean, anyone on the defense top twenty? Like, I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass. I'm, I'm just trying to prove the point that. Almost every move that has been made has totally backfired for this organization. And why is there so much acceptability with what has happened here? 2377. Rick, what? What are you talking about? We have good players. We may not have elite players yet, but there are good players on the Jags team. You just can't be saying stuff because it didn't pan out the way you wanted it. This team is still on a path to win six or seven games, and that's, uh, that was the most uh, as far as the fans' expectations, including myself. I had them going 6-11. and 11. Um, Again, pr- appreciate, your, appreciate your opinion, but I absolutely can do that. It's my job. <laughs> you know?
3: And you I mean, said you were very I'm, specific about top 20 Like, it's not like you just used a vague term, like, good players like this texter just did. Like, top 20 in the league, bro. You didn't give us any names.
2: The guy who got fired in Tennessee yesterday drafted Derrick Henry. The guy who got fired yesterday in Tennessee made the deal for Ryan Tannehill, where it looks like his time is up, but he still had a totally new opportunity and did well he d- He did better than expected, okay Some of the moves that he has made has really worked uh, for him i I'm just trying to find some calming ground here where some of these moves end up being really, really good moves, okay And you know right now <sighs> I-, I-, I just I just can't uh. I just can't come with you there. I mean, Christian Kirk to me. Christian Kirk was not a top 20 wide receiver when he got here. If you want to make a case that he's a top 20 wide receiver right now, okay, I'll, I'll listen to you. He's the only wide receiver in this town who could start elsewhere. Zay Jones and Marvin Jones Jr. are not starting anywhere. Okay? Top 20. And, and, and I do believe this. We have celebrated... Christian Kirk we we have acknowledged Christian Kirk right Uh, we haven't ignored it but when is it time that Doug Peterson has a one-on-one with Mike Caldwell and do you believe that he should be fired you know this is the other part of the equation that is very interesting to me okay whenever we get into the hypotheticals and and what is happening and And what is not happening, I seem to go the way of Trent Bulky, okay? And that is for obvious reasons. What if it is the other side? And I mentioned this briefly late last night, but I want to mention it now because I I, I think it's a, a massive talking point that could honestly be one of the biggest decisions that is made in the next five weeks. Doug Peterson was fired in Philadelphia for what? What was he fired for? Too loyal to his coaching staff. There's a problem right now. In the last three games, Jacksonville has allowed 40, 27, and 27. Okay? They have allowed 446 yards on an average in their last three football games. Their third down conversion rate is absolutely awful. Okay? Third down conversion rate in the last three games, 23 of 36. They're allowing 64% on third down. I mean, seriously. And I've never been one of those guys where you just start firing guys out of the building and firing them midseason. I've never – that's, that's grounds for firing, okay? That is grounds for firing. So back to my, my, my opinion on this. What if Trent Baalke gets to Doug Peterson and says, "Doug, you got to fire Mike Caldwell. The, the defense is awful. You, you, the scheme is terrible. You're not playing guys in the right position. Uh, you've got to move on. You have got to go get someone." I mean, it's his first time as a head, as a defense coordinator, and he missed. And you've got to make some. Ch- you got to bring in someone with some experience. You need a new defense here. What if Doug Peterson says, "Screw that." I promised them, knowing that this thing wasn't going to happen overnight. So what if it is bulky who's saying, make the change, and Peterson is saying, hey, listen, you go bring us the players, I'm going to hire the coaches, and I'm going to coach them up. I think that's a real possibility of something that absolutely could take place. Just think it out loud here, whether you want to uh, agree with me or – or, or that, that. That is fine. Uh, let's see. eighty-five, eighteen, 18 Dewey, because he's not a starter technically. Uh, <laughs> the eighty-five, eighteen. 18 Listen, I would have cut Dewey four years ago. All right? Nice guy. Nice player. Locker room guy. Had a big turn. You know, forced the big turnover. He's awful in coverage. He's terrible in coverage. He couldn't cover me. Okay? Huh? Dewey, Dewey couldn't cover me. Okay, and <clears throat> he's a perfect example of where there are issues with this with this football team right now. Okay, and you know I got I got a lot of feedback on this last night. Most agreed, but uh, I was glad to see that some of you disagreed. Yeah, I kind of I've been going down the road with. Let's act like winning isn't so damn extinct. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. Jacksonville won again. It's, you know, I, 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 I've given you so much on it. But we as the media, what did we do? We do it. We celebrated this man for his comments on Urban Meyer for his comments from a come from behind when he was God-like after that victory against Baltimore. And again, the players were rewarded. They got Monday off. So you got, after one win, which made the team at the time 4-7, and it felt like they were advancing to the divisional round of the playoffs, and myself included, okay? We celebrated this. We played his interviews. We threw it all out there. And what did did the fans do? They loved it. They smiled. They had a great time. You started believing again. So it's almost as if, because wins are so rare, that the team overdid it. Obviously, the stadium overdid it with these interviews being blasted out all over the loudspeakers. It doesn't happen in other places, okay? Uh, Doug Peterson rewards him. That's that's viral, right? Jags.com said, oh, everyone, look at this. This is great. They got money. And, and it was. It was very cool. Dewey's going off. He's, he's ripping up on Urban. This is just the grist. And you turn around and get your ass kicked 40 to 14? No. That's a problem. And, and I don't know how else you can handle it. If they go to Tennessee this weekend and do the same thing, and Dewey has a, a huge force turnover, you're going to get the same thing. But do you understand where I'm going with this? It almost feels like, ah, a win's good enough. You got the four. If you get it this way, you got the five. It's it's good enough. Remember expectations early? Hell, I listen to you folks. You blew that game in D.C. Trevor Lawrence played terrible in D.C. You had the drop ball by ETN. You had some bad fourth down plays. You had some awful penalties. I mean... A lot of these games you should have won, and you didn't. So you felt that you were close. Well, now this thing is kind of branched out, and you hang the type of game that you did a week ago. I, I honestly wonder, is that the is that end game? Can this team respond after what they did last? I know a lot of fans, because I read you. I know a lot of fans are, again, you've had it. You've given up. Okay. Now, I also know that you same fans, if they win a ball game, you'll go 180. And I love that about fans, it, it, as you should. I mean, I just gave you the laundry list of all the players who are injured. For te- Jacksonville should win this game. Look, look at this team. For crying out loud, look at Tennessee. Are you kidding me? Let me share this with you before the break. This is Tennessee at 7-5, and five, okay? You've got to be kidding me. They are 29th in offense and 22nd in defense. They are 30th in their passing offense, and even with the great Derrick Henry, they are only 15th in rushing offense. They are 26th in points per game. They get 18.3 a game. Are you trying to tell me that Jacksonville can't go to Tennessee this week and score 19? Defensively, they're 22nd overall. They are 31st in the NFL against the pass. Okay, last week, how many times did I say it, J.J.? How many times last week did I tell you that, the, that, that uh, Detroit was 32nd in scoring and
3: 30th in rushing defense? How many times did I say that last week? All week. Unfortunately, okay. the Jags were too far behind to even run the ball. It was too late. Right, and they put up 14
2: points against the worst scoring defense in the NFL. Look at this right here. They're 31st. They can't stop anyone. When it comes to your passing offense. now They're very good with the rush. They're third. They're third in the NFL in rushing defense. And overall, points per game, they allow 20. They're 11th in the NFL. This is a a beatable team. This is a very beatable team. So as I take this break, I'll ask you. Honestly, tell me again. Finally, the, the text line is burning up. I don't know if we had a glitch or what happened, but it is burning. Now, I'll ask you again. How many of you people out there really believe that they're going to go in there and win this game this Sunday? You've got a mash unit in Tennessee. Much like we said last week with both teams were better than 4 and 7, this team in Tennessee is worse than their 7 and 5. This is a worse football team than their 7 and 5. How many people out there think they can win? Let me know. 641-1010 Texlon brought to you by Lifetime. Enclosures. Bartender, can I have a Miller Lite and a Tullamore Dew, please?
1: Into the night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I'll keep your eyes on the road, hand
2: up on the wheel. All right, uh, getting a ton in now. Just a massive amount of response, and as always, I do appreciate it. I try to get to all of you, but I, on nights like tonight where it's just exploded, that is impossible. Here's a real good point, though. I want to play it for you. This is the 6953 who says, blue? I listened to uh, Doug Peterson's presser on Monday. Someone asked him about Caldwell. Boy, it didn't seem like his response was a ringing endorsement. Let's go back in here. This is Monday now. Of course, Peterson speaks to us on Sunday, Monday wednesday and friday but let's go to monday after the 40 to 14 loss
5: it takes time you know i can remember back when you know i was first time coordinator and you're trying to you're trying to do a lot of different things and then you know you realize you you you, you back off just a little bit and then we've done that we have we've, we've scaled back a little bit and and um you know we've got some talented players we've got some good players and again as a staff we're just making sure that you know, we put these guys in the right positions, you know, and that's on us to do that. But, you know, I think Mike's done a, done a good job of organizing and, and, and really uh, keeping things, you know, keeping things together. Um, but on the same side of that is, you know, we've got to do a better job of coaching and teaching and making sure everybody understands, you know, their jobs.
2: All right. That's very interesting to me. There's a couple of things here. For starters, let's go back a week when they knocked off Baltimore. Okay Do you remember the way and, and even going back to their down 17, nothing against the Raiders, there was talk about having the right players and having the right coaches. OK? It was, for the record, I, I love their offensive staff. I think the offensive staff it, I, I hope they can all stick together particularly the four who were involved with the passing offense. But I, I haven't heard a lot of that over the years, where you're not asked about it, yet you go and really reward your staff. And I found that that was interesting, that in a big win, a big come-from-behind win, Doug Peterson was very careful to point out that he's got the right staff here. And then all of a sudden, you have a loss – Was that a glowing endorsement? No, it was not a glowing endorsement. But if you carefully listen to what he said, J.J., to me, it goes back to the way he described the loss after Houston. By saying he's a first-timer and making comments like that, that is what a rebuild is called. You wouldn't say that if it was Wade Phillips. You wouldn't say <laughs> no, that if no. it was
3: Vic Fangio. He's like, hey, we need time here, guys. Right. It's
2: another, exa- it's another reason why I'll be surprised if changes come. That yeah, he... I'd, fi- I'd fire Mike Caldwell, and I would fire Trent Bulky. I'll be surprised if either one get fired, and that's a direct quote supporting that. Whether the people want to believe it or not, this is a total... Rebuild in Jacksonville,
3: and later in the same press conference, he was asked if he's worried worried about Mike Caldwell.
5: No, I don't. You know, because because again, you know, part of part of my job is to help support him and, and give him everything that he needs. You know, to be successful, and so I'm going to do that and, and make sure that uh, who's up, who's down on game day. You know, uh, we determine that, so uh, I want to make sure that he has everything av- you know readily available to him, and, and want to support him and make sure that um, you know he can. He has everything he needs to, to be successful as well.
2: You know, I, I, I want to be perfectly clear about this. I don't like change. I want some consistency. I just told you how I want all four of those, that quarterback room. I want them all back. Jim Bob, Jim Bob Cooter, Mike McCoy, right? Press Taylor, Doug. I, I want them all back. I would love to have Mike Caldwell come back. I would like for, I would, I'm telling you right now. If you're trying to tell me that all of a sudden Chad Mumba can't play and Devin Lloyd's put back in the action this weekend and Andre Sisco with the shoulder. He's had you know, no contact uh, on the shoulder all week long. If he can come back and play and, and Jacksonville wins and all of a sudden they fix it, the, I'd love it because I think it's important to have the same staff, to have guys who are familiar with their players. And even though a lot of these players are going to leave, just like all 32 NFL teams, and these players are also familiar With the coaching staff. I mean, every single year around here, there are are massive changes. And, you know, they held on to Todd Wash for too long. I got you there. But look at the offensive coordinator that changed every single year, whether it was Gus Bradley or Doug Marone. So I'm not a fan of change unless it's just not working. And the last three weeks have been just brutal for Jacksonville defensively that's good stuff anything else uh or was that basically it i, no, I that's it, but on he talked
3: today himself mike caldwell and yeah. like he's terrible in front of the media um and it doesn't give you any like oh this guy knows what he's doing we're gonna get things turned around like he almost come away from it like this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing man i know not every coach is supposed to be like amazing in front of the media and answer all these questions like uh, you know, with great answers and great insight and stuff like that. A lot of them just know they have to do it, so they do it, have short answers. But this guy's in over his head, man. <sighs> first-time special
2: teams coordinator, first-time, you know, defensive coordinator, first-time offensive coordinator, even though Doug Peterson has been calling the plays, not press Taylor. I I mean, you got three first-time coordinators. Um. There's going to be some some bumps in the road with that, no doubt about it. All right, we got a big game coming up, uh, Raiders and Rams. Uh, before I get there, because I I got a ton, and thank you. I can't respond to you all, but these are are the players who you, as listeners on the text line, just said are top twenty players. Yes. Okay. Tyson Campbell. Go ahead, J.J.,
3: give me a two cents on each of these. I agree, uh, I agree with that. Because I have the gavel, i Nancy Grace tonight, I'm going to allow it. He's yep, the best cornerback on this team. Um, I think he probably would be a number two on most teams, but top 20, I'll give you that.
2: He had his worst game last week. He, to me, he's had the best year on defense. Maybe, maybe possibly a low account, but I, I would say Campbell. Number two, a low account. Uh, No. It, is an inside linebacker? You don't think so. He can't cover anyone. Put, yeah, uh, again. and this
3: is a passing league. Like, okay, he puts up a bunch of tackles. Tackle stats mean nothing to me.
2: All right. So uh, JJ says no. Me with the gavel. Uh, I'm going to agree with. Uh, I'm going to agree with uh, with JJ. Logan Cook, automatic. Yeah. Logan Cook, Top give five. him a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Where, where's the Pro Bowl now? Is it in Shreveport, Louisiana? They don't even Set have him a out. game
3: anymore. I, I know. know Send him
2: out there. Uh, Travis Etienne. Yes. Absolutely. No doubt about. it. Trevor
3: Lawrence. Yes. Oh, he's the face. He's the savior. Christian Kirk. No. I, I just went through, like, you know, receiving leaders because this guy was talking about his fantasy stats. And, yeah, he is, like, top 15, 20-ish in fantasy stats. But, I mean, so is Zay Jones. Like, if, if, if someone has to catch the ball for every team. Someone has to put up stats. It's like my James Robinson argument. People think he was like a great running back in this league or something because he put up 1,000 yards for the Jags. Like, someone scores 25 points a game on Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, there's always a stat filler on every team, no matter how bad they are. I don't care about stats. Christian Kirk is not a top-20 receiver in the NFL.
2: Overruled. I'm going to allow it. Top-20. I want a free beer bought to me here by uh, (laughs) by, uh, the folks from Miller Lite. Now that the show is over. And Brandon Sheriff, as a— Right guard, I mean, again, it's hard to evaluate that type of stuff. We lean on those who played it to tell us, but I, I believe he is a top 20 guard. So, there you go. Th- those have been acknowledged, and I appreciate all your input. So, that's all right. five? As we, uh, that's what? About five players. Yeah, one, yep. Uh, I got six. Right. Um, as we wrap things up, we have a game tonight. Do, do, have we, is it going to be Baker? It looks like it's going to. I'm going to take the Raiders. Tonight, i to take the rate. How crazy is this world when you're talking about taking the Raiders as a six and a half point favorite going into L.A. against the defending Super Bowl champions? Yet that's where we are tonight. I will take that. That's in the bet against Baloo. last week. I was seven up, eight down, thousand dollar increments. That means I made seven thousand dollars, right? But I lost eighty-eight hundred dollars. If you look at eleven hundred. Minus eight, right? That's 8,800. So for the season, uh, that means I was down uh, 1,800 for this past week. For the season, I am up $20,800. Okay, with a record of 109.80 and seven pushes. Again, betting against my picks. Okay, betting against my picks in $1,000 installments, 109, 80, and 7. That pays out again over $20,000. That is it. We are out of time. Thank you to you all, including Uche Winare for JJ. We're back in the studio tomorrow, Friday 6 to 8. Going to be a lot of fun on this Friday. We will talk with
3: you then.